What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, mindset strategist and life coach, and I love sharing nuggets of wisdom about the stories we tell each other, but more importantly, the stories we tell ourselves. So you can join me and my special guests as we share our personal stories of strength and triumph every week on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. You can listen online on your mobile device, in your car, or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. Tune in every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. to get real stories and tips on how to turn your story and your life around and evolve with us as we unite humankind with universal love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm super excited to be here today with my friend Yanni. Hello, Yanni, waiting in the wings. Hi, nice to be here. So good to have you here. And as you guys know, we're always talking about our stories, right? We're talking about those stories that, especially the ones that we feel are almost too bad to tell or they're almost too bad to share sometimes. Our stories that we had, we're down on our knees that, you know, stuff happened in our life that we wish didn't happen. And that's what I love talking about. Um, and Yanni's coming to us today with a lot of really great stories to share. And we're going to dive in. We're going to figure out how how can we take those stories and turn them around? Because when I share my stories and Yanni shares hers, you know, it's a way for us to be, we're just a reflection of each other's stories anyhow, right? So when you see somebody triumph with their story, you say to yourself, wow, if she did it, I can do it too, right? And when we watch people overcome things, that's what the best movies are made of, right? So I love real life stories for that reason. And before we get started and I tell you all these incredible things about Yanni, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her. I'm going to tell you her bio because it's super impressive. Just a word from our sponsor real quick. Imagine transforming your health with someone who's been right where you are. Meet Yanni, a survivor of an eating disorder, now a beacon of health as a certified integrative nutritional health coach. She turned her struggles into triumph with a life-changing vegan diet, and now here to guide you on your path to wellness. Ready for vibrant health? Email Yanni at contact at yonappetite.com. That's yon, Y-O-N, appetite, A-P-P-E-T-I-T.com. To begin your journey to wellness today, email her today for your best self awaits you. We love to spell things here on radio, so you'll get used to me spelling things out. <laughs> Some of you are on video, but I like to spell things and just make sure you go to the right place. So I'm so excited. You are the sponsor of this episode, and I can't wait to tell people a little bit more about you. So Yanni Wattenmaker is a certified health coach, and she's the founder of Yanni Nutrition and Wellness, and it's an online pa- platform, Yan Appetit. I love that name. She's also the executive director of the national breast cancer charity, Breast Cancer Alliance, and Yanni has always had a passion for helping others. She She's moved by her glass half full, love that, approach to life and his challenges. After nearly two decades in education, she pivoted at the age of 39 to better allow her to spend time with her son while working as a force for good. 
It was always important for her to have a career that could be a model and support to others. At Breast Cancer Alliance, or BCA, Yanni's grown the foundation to make national impact, saving lives and fueling new treatments, surgeons, and supporting those most in need, the under and unserved. Oh, sorry, the under and uninsured. As a health coach, Yanni helps her clients see that there is not one size fits all approach to health, but leads from a plant forward strategy. Informed by both her education and her many years of work in the cancer world, she's currently working on a book to help others embrace a plant based way of life while learning about its health benefits along the way. That is super impressive. That's a lot of stuff. That is jam packed, Yanni. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's well, it's it's all a a labor of love, as you would say. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Absolutely. A labor of love. And that's what we talk about here. It's it's a passion, right? You had that passion as a young person to want to help people. And, you know, a lot of people that I meet here on the show in that interview have that passion. It's that drive. It's that thing inside you that no matter what you do, it keeps coming back up saying, I want to do this. I want to fulfill a mission, right? And when we can have that higher purpose in our lives, it, it just gives our life a deeper meaning on so many levels, right? So tell us, share with us today how you got started in this work. What was the story? You know, what was the thing? I love that story that you told me about your grandfather. It really touched my heart. That really was the impetus for you to start all this in this line of work. So I'm happy to. So I am fortunate to come from a really wonderful traditional nuclear family. Um, And I had grandparents who lived very close by. And so when I was a little girl, I used to see them all the time. I mean, like once a week, probably. And we would do sleepovers and family vacations. And um, I remember noticing that my grandfather's chest looked different when we were at the pool or we were at the beach. Um, And um, I found out that he had been diagnosed with something called breast cancer, which as a little girl, and especially growing up in the 70s, people didn't talk about cancer. They didn't talk about health like they do today. And so I never even equated it with being a woman's disease. It was just something that my grandfather had experienced. His chest looked a little bit different and he was alive to play with me. I found out many years later, right as we were sort of preparing for his funeral and what everyone was going to say, that when he was diagnosed with breast cancer, way back when Memorial Sloan Kettering was just Sloan Kettering, the doctors told my grandmother that he only had four to six months to live. Um, He had a mastectomy on one side, he had one lymph node removed, and thankfully she never shared that prognosis with him. Um, He went on to live to be 97. He never had a recurrence of breast cancer. Wow. And it was such a it was such a powerful story. But again, you know, you learn about these things at different points in your life and they have different impacts. So um, if you step back a little bit separately from that, um, I have one child. My dream was always to be a mom. I have always worked and very full time. And I was starting to feel as I was approaching 40 that. I was just missing out on spending as much time doing the one thing that mattered most to me, which was being a mom. Mm -hmm. And so I figured if I had to work, I wanted to be sure that I was devoting my time to something that had impact and meaning for me, but also that was a model for him. And around that time, a friend of mine who was just a year or two older was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. She had had breast cancer a few years prior. Um, And she came into my office crying one day saying, will you take care of my daughter? Will you make sure she has great teachers? And 
it was a really powerful moment. And I, at that point said, you know what, I have this book I want to write, which I have since put away and come back to. Um, I have these things I want to do with my life, but what can I do with impact? And so I started exploring other opportunities. And as is the power of women, I was out to dinner with five of my girlfriends and said, okay, next time I see you, I'm going to have a new job. And I don't know if it's going to be X or it's going to be Y. And one of them said, I have the perfect job for you. It's a breast cancer foundation. It's a half hour from your home. The hours are 8.30 to 4.30. It's a local charity. And it was just like the stars aligned. And I said, I have to meet these people. And I went in for an interview the next week. There were 16 women sitting around the table. And for those of you who understand the trepidation that comes with 16 women judging you, (laughs) that's a powerful moment. And I left an hour and a half later saying, if they give me this job, I will take a pay cut. I will do what it takes. I want to be there. And that was 12 and a half years ago. Um, We're now a national foundation and I had the lovely ability to scale the organization as my son grew and as he got older. So the less he needed me at home. And then, of course, when he went off to college, you know, the more opportunity I had to dive deeper and deeper into this work. And it's just been so incredibly meaningful. Um, And to know that I have helped touch anyone's life, but certainly to touch many through the work that we do. Um, there's just no price you can put on that. It's really Absolutely. just. That is so special. It is. And the fact that your friend came to you and it was so personal, right? And you took something personal and you put it out on a global level. And I feel like when we have that kind of mission, you know, when we have that kind of drive from our own personal experiences, nothing gets in our way. You know, I feel like that's when the universe steps in and says, yes, Yanni. Yes. This is the way when you get that big, yes, you felt that in your gut. I'm sure that this was the job that you wanted to take and and the money and everything else doesn't really matter because you're filling a, a mission. That's so much bigger than we are. I feel like people who don't have that type of thing long for that. I do have a lot of clients that come to me saying, I can't figure it out, but there's just something I know there's something bigger that I meant for. Right. So that's really powerful for you to have found that and be a beacon. And as your son, it's just so symbolic that as your son was growing up, so was the business growing up along with him. That's really beautiful. Yes, thank you. No, it's been really special. And I think, you know, Yana Petit was, um, you know, it, it, it's parallel to that. Um, and we can dive into why I started, but really it was during the epidemic, uh, during the epidemic, during the pandemic. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> um, when we were all sitting at home and, you know, we, we didn't have children at home because they were all old enough to be out of the house and sort of looking at each other going, I, I could be doing more with my time. It's not like I wasn't working. I was felt like I was reinventing a wheel for those people who are listening, who are in philanthropy, you know, you want, you want to keep your charity afloat, even when people are saying you're not on the front lines of this pandemic. And so mm-hmm. there was certainly plenty of work to do, but I needed another outlet. Um, food and cooking was had become more of a focus because, you know, we weren't going out to eat. And so I was constantly food shopping and coming up with new ideas. And um, it tied into this other passion of mine. I do love helping other people. Um, my parents are tremendous role models in that. And we're always doing things for others and still do. And so I thought, what's another way that I can combine a passion of mine into helping others? And it was um, by getting certified as a health coach, which I had the luxury of doing during COVID because I could do it online. And I had all of these extra hours, I could study asynchronously with work and and fit both of those things in. And so um, for me, it was just another way to connect with people and to give back. But it's so important to me not only to have meaningful connection, but 
to know that maybe there's something that I did to help somebody else live a better, happier, healthier life is really important to me. Mm, I love that. That's such a huge mission. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I'm looking for the silver lining right in the pandemic. Um, And you were able to have the time that you wouldn't normally have um, to pursue that, right? Which is one of the silver linings. Um, I launched my book during the pandemic. Did I mean to do that? No, it's just the way everything lined up, right? So one of the silver linings that we had more time and that's where you birth this, right? You've got more time. You're doing more cooking. You're you're with food more. We're wiping our food down more. <laughs> you know, like like, <laughs> giving it a bath in the sink. We're touching it so much more. <laughs> crazy things. Crazy. We look back and it's like, were we insane? It would take me, you know, it take you so long to go to the store and get it and come back. It take me an hour to like pull my car up and line it up in the garage, wiping each item off ridiculousness. Oh, and then so, remember we were, I mean, we were anyway, we were taking our clothes off and throwing them right into the washing machine because you didn't know if you carried it home on your clothes with your food. I mean, I to think of the madness. I know. I know. At least we can laugh about it, right? It's like the gloves, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. But, but we did, we, we learned a lot, right? We learned a lot and a lot of books probably got birthed because of that. And I love that. Uh, But, you know, now here we are and we can look back with new eyes and say, Hey, you know, the good stuff that came out of it is we get to spend more time with people we love. A lot of people quit their jobs where they were commuting. Right. And so this is something lovely that came out for you that became an integrated health coach. And I love that. Talk a little bit more about um, your personal journey, why food was so important to you and health and make sure you were eating right. And um, yeah, share that story with us. You you shared that a little bit with me before. I'm happy to. So as I mentioned, I you know people always look for triggers for reasons for why people struggle with disordered eating or addiction, and you know unfortunately there there isn't one answer. I've done a lot of work in the addiction space, and you know a lot of it is chemical. It's um, I don't say it loosely. It's how people are wired, and I remember. At four years old is my youngest memory of looking at my best friend and saying, am I as skinny as her? Am I as pretty as her? I was four. Wow. And, um, you know, and I was, you know, I was a cute, I was a really cute kid. I had a lot of friends. I had a great family. Like there was nothing that you could point to that should say this little girl should be questioning that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have social media, media, mind you, for the younger people who mm-hmm. were listening. So it's not like I was seeing models of other four-year-olds on my Snapchat, you know, who were like, (laughs) I look better than you, you know. And, um, but there was always this noise in my head that Mm -hmm. was, are you worthy enough? Are you good enough? Are you pretty enough? Are you thin enough? Are you smart enough? And um, it was hard for people to understand. And so I just didn't talk about it. And uh, I went off to college and was really just sort of, um, struggling with where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. Was I at the school I wanted to be at? I had been in a relationship that was quietly very destructive for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, you know, I didn't share these things. I wasn't posting about them. And um, in my quest to sort of figure out how to make myself feel better, um, I tried, you know, thinking like, well, maybe weight loss is the way to go. I was in a sorority and uh, someone said to me, oh, you know, I take laxatives. The next thing I knew, I was addicted to laxatives. And from there, it just, you know, it it got worse and the head games got stronger. And I had friends who I would find who were sort of thinking like me. And we were sort of 
self-destructive. Um, but again, you don't know it when you're in it. You just um, you just are doing it. It's just a means of survival and a way to get through the day. And um, I remember at 21, my mom took me to a doctor because she suspected something was wrong. She didn't know what to do with it. Again, people weren't talking about these things. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just skin and bones. So I didn't look like somebody who was suddenly going to be hospitalized. And the doctor said to me, how long have you been bulimic when he kicked her out of the room? And I said, I'm not, I don't throw up. And he said, you know, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, you can't play games with me and you're mm -hmm. going to kill yourself. So I switched to other things instead. I switched to diet pills and not eating fat and all of those fads of, you know, whatever low fat chemical products were on the shelves. And it really, it took over, it became an obsession and it took over my life until my son was born. And when I was pregnant with him, I had a very difficult pregnancy and I was on bed rest for 16 weeks and I didn't have the luxury of, you know, sort of being ridiculous, <laughs> um, which, which I don't, I don't use that word lightly for other people. I I'm just talking about my own behaviors mm -hmm. and I did, I just was like, I wanted him to live and I had to, knew I had to make a change. And that was the beginning of me figuring out how to heal. And then over time, you know, I just sort of said, like, do what is this the life I want to live? And it did lasting damage to me, which is why I embarked on a vegan diet in the first place. And through that challenge of learning how to eat differently, having to cook, changing how my interactions were with others over meals, mm -hmm. I found hope and a new possibility and a healthier way to live. And it's not that I don't still struggle. Um, but it's been a blessing to be able to help people who share the same kind of wiring that I do and mm. say, you can be healthy, you can look good, you can feel good. And, you know, look, it's not always easy. It's not like I can fix everybody. That's certainly not a promise. Um, but I can help. And through my work at Breast Cancer Alliance, I can work with cancer patients who have to adapt their diets. I can work with parents whose children are struggling with obesity, who want to nip the possibility of an addiction or a challenge in the bud. And so that's how this all came to be. I love that. It's so, so powerful. You know, and I love the way you classify the we're all wired differently. You know, we, we talk about that a lot in here because it's our brains that are making us tell those stories and feel inadequate. And all those things that come up naturally, you know, is usually our brain in some way thinking that it's trying to keep us safe, right? And that's the wiring that we all struggle with. And then there's also the subtle wiring, right? Like somebody is more prone to this or that or has a trigger for this or that, right? So, I love bring, that you're bringing in the neurology of the whole piece to it, you know, um, the neuroscience, because we have to look at that and we have to understand how our brains work, all of us the same in so many ways, to make us look for what's wrong, to accentuate what's wrong, to put that camera lens in it, you know, more of a focus on what is wrong and how do you overcome that? So we're going to break real quick, but when we come back, I know you guys are hanging on Yanni's every word. We're going to talk more about this wiring situation. So hold tight. We'll be right back. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers' way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. 
Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm here with Yanni Wattenmaker, and we're having this incredible conversation. We left you guys talking about really the neuroscience. What goes on in our minds? What are we thinking? Why are we wired this way? And how does that affect things that happen to us? And I love that you kept bringing that up because I think it's really important for people to understand they're not alone. We're all wired that way. Talk a little bit about that and how that affected you and how you realized what you were doing inside your head. You know, it took me a really long time. And when I was, um, I think it was about 10 years ago, I was fortunate to spend some time at a recovery center out in Los Angeles. And I was being trained to be a consultant for them so I could try to help communities um, destigmatize addiction, Mm -hmm. right? Which is really tied in with mental health in so many ways. And um, I remember they told us we couldn't be observers that we had to go to group therapy and we had to participate in group therapy, which for a lot of people, and especially somebody with my past that I never talked about and really until my own therapy at 37, which was way after the fact, um, I was not prepared to sit in a room with people um, who were battling addiction. And I have to tell you, I left after an hour and cried and was like, I, we all have the same story. 
every one of us. Mine, I dealt with through food or through binging, you know, the same way that they're, you know, dealing with heroin or cocaine or gambling or sex addiction, that there's something that was innately missing in our lives. Now, granted, some of them weren't necessarily, um, I don't know that they would look at it and say it was something they were born with, as opposed to a lot of them were abuse victims, right? Um, they had been physically assaulted, sexually assaulted, verbally abused. So there are lots of different factors. People experience mental health issues and things like addiction and disordered eating for different reasons. But there was this vulnerability, this need to find something to make you feel whole, to make you feel worthy, to make you feel better. And it was so incredibly empowering. And it was really the first time. And again, I'm 52. So 10 years ago in my early 40s was the first time I was really comfortable starting to say to people, oh, I'm I'm one of them. You know, I I struggled and I have this. And this is, you know, a badge that I wear, but I think that I can do something with it as opposed to just beat myself up over it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, there's such a stigma around mental health that I feel like if people could just embrace differences and embrace other people's struggles and help them, the results would be so much better than the cruelty, you know, that we see today. Absolutely. I, I love that, you know, all this whole kindness movement, you know, um, is is wonderful. Um, I wrote a song many years ago called Be Kind about the bees, B-E-E. -E. So it's been in my head for a long time. And it sort of caught on. And what I always say about that, it is, it's wonderful. We need to make that shift, but let's make that shift first right here. You know, right. because a lot of times the stories, the things we're telling ourselves are not kind. You know, the voice in our head is not that kind. It's pretty judgy and it can be pretty mean. Um, and wherever, you know, and it comes from places, right? Right. And I think, you know, that's part of my coaching is it's not just there's, you know, you said it in the introduction, it's not one size fits all. So I'm not going to sit down with you and tell you, you have to be a vegan. I'm not going to sit down with you and tell you you have to be gluten free. I'm going to want to know, when do you wake up feeling energized? What are the things mm -hmm. in your life that are making you want to binge at 11 o'clock at night? Right. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think you're drinking two glasses of wine every evening, whether you're with company or whether you're alone? You know, what's the challenge with getting up and getting the exercise done? How are you physically and emotionally feeling? And as you also said in the beginning, I see life as glass half full. Um, but that's a, you know, that's a challenge for a lot of people. But that outlook, even as I see in the cancer space, having a positive outlook doesn't guarantee your survival, but it guarantees how you pursue your survival. Mm. And I think that that's such an incredible um, gift that you can give yourself is to say, yes, I could go down this rabbit hole. Maybe this is going to be wrong. Maybe that's going to be wrong. But what can I do to elevate that possibility, right? What can I do to say, maybe there will be hope. Maybe this is my last treatment. Maybe I'm going to throw out the rest of the x lax in my bathroom. Maybe I'm going to put that drink down. Maybe I really can do without it. Um, and so, or, you know, maybe I can just pick up a new hobby and mm -hmm. see how that helps my whole sense of wellness and well-being. Because, you know, it's as, as so many people know, but it's harder to think about diet or going to the gym is not enough to change your lifestyle. They mm -hmm. have to, you, they have to work in concert with one another and the way that you approach them and how you think about things overall, you know, plays a tremendous role.
Absolutely. It's the holistic piece, right? It's 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 everything. But, you know, that mindset that you're talking about, you know, the mindset is, you know, almost 90% of everything we do is the mindset. How do we think about it? You know, and, and I, I think a lot of times too, when you're talking about addiction, you're talking about, you know, survival, you know, um, is realizing that we have more control than we think we do, right? Especially with a diagnosis and things like that. The only thing we can control, especially in that situation, is how we think about it, right? Okay, like you, I love what you said, pursuing your survival. Like that's so powerful. I feel like empowered just by that statement, you know, instead of just trying, um, you know, to survive whatever it is on your plate that day, you're pursuing something that makes me feel like we have to, we have a, a chance to take our power back because in this decade that we live in, in, in this world that we live in, everything's grabbing for our attention. Everything wants our power. It wants our money. It wants everything which is outside of us. These kids are trained to think all that happiness and everything is outside of them. They have to go get it. The phone, the social media. So when we can bring that back inside and realize, hey, wait a second, the only thing I can control, I can't control what happened to me. I can't control all those things that I wish didn't happen. But what I can control is what am I going to think about today and how am I going to think about that today? How do you mm-hmm. think that affected your healing um, from everything that you've been through? Um, I mean, tre- tremendously. And and don't get me wrong. Like, I have bad days. <laughs> I, I do. I have days where um, I just wake up and I think, oh, you know, I, I was in a car accident and I wasn't able to work out for seven weeks. And I thought, what is that going to look like? How am I going to feel? What am I going to, you know, how am I ever going to get better? Um you know, I can have the, I can get stuck in those moments. And then I think like, there's, I've got to go back to work. (laughs) I've got to go help somebody, you know? And I I do think there are, there are problems with a lowercase P and problems with a capital P, you know, Mm. and I also how you think about those, but you know, you and I were talking about the blue zone diet. Um, and I'm such a, I'm such a fan, if that's the right word, um, of everything I've learned from Dan Buettner and and read and seen. And what's so interesting is that it's exactly what we were just talking about, right? So these people, these octogenarians, centigenarians who are who are, you know, living these very long lives, they're also vital. And one of the things that comes up with all of them is this sense of community and connection and network. And whether it's belonging to a church group or swimming in a class in the class with the same people all the time or walking around their community or co-farming or gardening, you know, there's something collective about it. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that that's the challenge with, you know, mental health versus mental wellness is also that feeling of, are you isolated or do you feel connected? Do you feel loved? Do you have family, friends who feel like family, um, supportive coworkers, neighbors, people you can go do things with where you really can just be you and not be who they're asking you to be. Um, and I think that's also, you know, essential. It's not easy um, mm-hmm. for everybody, but mm-hmm. I think there's definitely something to that. And they all and they all go together. I love that. I, I that really stuck out to me too. And um, is a community and like you you mentioned family and and being a part, you know, and they were active, right? Like in in the Blue Zone um, show that you can watch on Netflix, they were all active. Like they didn't even they didn't exercise necessarily for the sake of exercising like we do. I think that's part of it for some people, but it was a, it was a lifestyle, right? It was a way of life, communal eating, communal walking together. Like you said, farming, all the things they didn't stop doing the things that gave them joy. How about that one guy who was like 106 comes riding over on his horse, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. he was just out, you know, getting all the sheep. Um, and yeah. so like they never stopped doing the things that made him feel alive. You know, they don't retire like we do in this country. And they mm-hmm. do it with people that they love and they care about. And I actually called my mom and I said to her, you know, she just turned 80 this summer. And I was like, you know what, mom, a lot of the people who live to 100, they live close by their family. They're by their family. They right. take care of their elders, right? They they see the value in connecting and having meals and holidays and this and that. And she said, so when are you moving down to Florida? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But she ain't moving back up here where it snows. <laughs> but it's but there's so much to be said for that. It's true. And again, like not everybody is fortunate to live near a family. But what's mm-hmm. something that gives you joy? And can you find someone else who wants to do it too? And then I will say something that I still struggle with. Um, because again, in my head, it meant there was something wrong with me. I never understood people who were alone. I thought if you spent time alone and you didn't have a plan on a Saturday night. And again, this goes back to like high school. This is not an adult thought, but was, you know, well, what's wrong with me that nobody said, why are you coming? Why aren't you coming out tonight? And um, I just couldn't understand. So I'm always going. My family used to call me Julie McCoy from the love boat because I'm constantly (laughs) planning. We have to go here. We have to do this. We have to do that. I mean, it's probably why I'm successful in my job because I'm so type A. I have to have things going all the time. Mm -hmm. But I have learned also as I've gotten older that to be still and to be alone and to be silent um, is so important because it's in that stillness and in that quiet where you can say, how am I really? Mm. What what do I want to be doing? How do I want to spend my time? Who do I want to spend my time with? Um, I saw this great thing that Reese Witherspoon put out today. She said her grandmother used to say to her, are you a radiator or are you a drain? Ooh. Right. And find the radiators in your life and be a radiator. And that just spoke with me. I reposted it on my Instagram. Um, But it is also as I get older, really, what what radiates within me? What do I have to offer to other people? And where are people just sucking it out of me? You know, (laughs) I love that. And, And and do I have permission to say this doesn't work for me anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, and I there's, there's a lot of that too, the permission to let something go and to try new things. Um, yeah. And to, and to be by yourself, right? Like, I love what you said about that because that was another piece of it too. You know, whether they meditated or maybe meditation for them was being out in the garden and putting your hands in the dirt, right? I love doing that. That is so joy. It just brings a lot of joy, right? And I think as we get older, we forget, which is, again, the same thing that, that stuck with me is they're going back to what they did that brought them joy. They don't stop doing things like we do. And especially with women, we're so busy caretaking with everybody else. Everybody else. Okay. I know what you love. I know what you love. I'm going to take care of all that. Wait a second. What do I love? You know, over right. time, that's the one thing when I have a new client is we talk about, what do you love? They don't even remember. I don't, I don't really know. What did you do as a kid? Right. And it's really interesting. We've forgotten what we love. We've forgotten what our dreams were. So dialing that down and finding the time within our day, creating space for that quiet time, I feel like is essential. It's an essential part of living a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that, right. And that might be different. That might be somebody jumping into some water and going for a quiet swim, right? That looks different. That might be walking up the street with your dog, you know, for 20 minutes a day. 
It might mean that I wake up in my bed and appreciate what's around me for a couple minutes before I even step on the floor. It's different for everybody and that's okay. You don't have to go be a monk and meditate every day, but if that's your jam, do it, you know? So um, what tends to work for you to remind yourself when you, when you know that you're doing the Julie McCoy thing and you need to come back? Um, So it's so interesting. So I try, so I travel a lot now. And so um, I find when I'm where my son is, I am much more cognizant. He's he's grown. He's out of college. But I know the days of just the mom and son time are limited because he's going to go on and have a life. And, you know, hopefully his wife will want me around. But, <laughs> you know, it's not the same. And so I do find that I'm prioritizing when I can have quality time with him over when I'm just doing something for the sake of being social. And I'm also much more conscious of who those people are I'm spending my time with when I'm not here and making sure that they're really meaningful connections as opposed to just obligations. Um, Just because you've known somebody for 40 years doesn't mean that that's who you need to spend your Thursday night with. It may have, you know, what's what's that poem about people come into your life for a reason Mm -hmm. or a season. And I I do think as an adult, I've learned there's something to be said for that. Um, My boyfriend and I love photography. I've gotten into that with him. That's a great release for me, whether I'm with him or I'm I'm not. I am a sucker for the New York Times crossword puzzle. <laughs> I do it every day religiously. Really? Um, yes. I love, love the food network. I really don't bake very often um, because again, I, you know, I don't eat a lot of sweets, but there is a release for me and watching that creativity that I love. Um, but it's really about I I love being with people who make me feel connected and who think like I do. I like people who have a hopeful outlook, not to say they don't struggle. Everybody struggles with something, but having people who have a hopeful outlook, who like to be active, who are interested in meaningful things and don't get bogged down in the noise um, and who want to be kind to other people. I mean, kindness is underrated and there's mm. I feel like not a, enough of it these days. Kindness is key. Absolutely. Back to my kid song, Be Kind. Listen to the story of the bees, how they spread the sweetness everywhere with their honey. Um, But I love what you said. I I think that's super powerful. And so just like I said, for everybody, their definition of that finding that time, finding that quality, quiet time is really going to be different. That's what I love about it. It's really just tapping into yourself, like you said before, getting the time to spend to go in and ask yourself those questions. Am I okay? How is my heart actually? What's going on? What am I feeling? You know, And also I feel like journaling for me too. I love journaling. Journaling's a great, I mean, this, I got my whole first album, first full length album out of journaling, you know, and it was journaling what's good and maybe what is not good. It's okay. It's okay to talk like that in your journal and get all that stuff out. It's so cathartic. So um, whatever works for you. I love that. So we're going to break real quick. We'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. I know you're loving this conversation with Yanni as I am. Take care. Hold on. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life with tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness. Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers way. Visit us online at WCU.com or walk into your local branch. 
Hey, beautiful listeners, are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistle a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to CarrieRowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success? Build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you've been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore human design for business with Nancy. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to CarrieRowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Look for the Good. We're having such an incredible conversation. Um, I love this conversation with Yanni. You're just a wealth of information, and your mindset and everything all together. And I keep looking at you on the video. And if you're listening on radio, you're not going to be able to see this, but watch the video when it goes up on YouTube. Um, is that beautiful heart necklace that you're wearing? Because my sister is the only other person that I've ever seen with that heart necklace. And I love it. Tell me the story between, behind your, your beautiful necklace. So I um, actually went through a divorce back in 2016 and um, I separated and I, my son was still in high school. So I had just moved to a new home that was close to him. Um, And it was obviously a very big life change for me. And my parents came over to my new place and they brought me this traditional gift of bread and salt. And I think it's about having spice in your life and stability and sustenance and, um, And I said, thank you so much, thinking that was the whole gift. And my dad's like, no, no, there's more, there's more. And inside was this beautiful rose gold heart with these little diamonds in it. And um, 
he just said, you know, we want you to continue to have love on your journey. And, you know, this doesn't have to be the end. It's a new beginning. Uh And I really, unless I've had to, I don't take it off. I love that. I love that. You gave me a chill when you first said that to me. Yeah, very special. I I have amazing parents. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I'm very lucky. They've been models in many ways, but they're also very thoughtful. So, yeah. I love that. That's really, really special. Um, And you are all heart. So I feel like it's really representative of who you are. So talk to me a little bit more um, about your coaching. I love what you're doing with that. And tell me when, when you have somebody new that comes on, like, how do you help them just with all the stuff that we're talking about? I know it's nutrition based, but you're also a lot about mindset. How do you bring that all together for somebody? So it's usually what I do is um, it's base, it's a basic three session package really to start. Mm-hmm. And the first call is, you know, like what you and I had before this, just getting to know one another. What are your concerns? What are you looking for? Um, it could be that you, you know, I worked with one woman who was a cancer survivor and she had to avoid estrogen because estrogen was a fuel for the cancer that she had. And so it was how do you have a diet that's safely free of things that are going to add estrogen to your diets mm-hmm. and debunking myths about what some of those things might be. I had um, another client who was struggling with indigestion. And so we talked through, you know, what was going on with her and tried to figure out how we could adjust how she was eating. It wasn't even so much what she was eating as much as how she was eating Ooh, and, interesting. Mm-hmm. and the size of the portion. So, so the first one, the first conversation is who are you? What are your goals? Then I have you journal for two weeks, what you eat and what you drink, how you feel when you wake up and what, if any exercise you do. So I can get a sense of, did you sleep well, um, you know, one night and then you got up to work out, but you were lethargic. Did you not have enough protein? Did you just snack throughout the day, but never have anything of sustenance? Did you, um, you know, have, have an argument with somebody like what's going on in your head? I started working with one client. We worked together. We did a few sessions and she was struggling with whether or not her marriage was going to survive and trying to figure out a way to get her husband into therapy. And, you know, I, I said this, you shouldn't be focusing on your food, right? This isn't about you losing five pounds. This is about everything else that's going into this. How are you going to gird your strength Mm -hmm. to have these conversations, right? What activities can you do to help you clear your head? And so focusing on really what's going to be transformative. So, um, so for everybody, it's different. So the first one is getting to know you. The second one is a review of what you've shared with me mm-hmm. and my recommendations based on what I've seen and also what you like and what you don't. I worked with one little boy, he was 10 and we made a yuck yum list. <laughs> right. And so it was, you know, what, what, if I say, would you eat, could you eat an apple at this time instead of eating popcorn? Would you say yes? And he said, yes. I said, what if I said orange? He said, yuck. So it's also, you know, working depending on your age, depending where you are on all of those kinds of things. Um, I worked with a young woman who um, is really struggling with anorexia. um, But at the time I was the only person she would even talk to about it. And we would go food shopping together. And I would try to encourage her to make choices that I knew were somewhat substantive, but weren't going to give her, you know, I didn't want her eating sugar, which was her default. It was like, I'll eat a Mm -hmm. cupcake, won't eat a piece of, you know, chicken. Mm -hmm. 
So working with her on that. I've also done, um, so those are like the three basic sessions and just examples of different kinds of people that I've worked with. But um, I also do pantry cleanouts uh, and, you know, refrigerator cleanouts and I do them virtually. So you send me pictures of what's in your fridge and what's in your pantry. And then I go to the market and I make suggestions for you that you can supplement. So it, it might be that you want to try a plant-based diet and you have no idea where to begin or you are doing a plant-based diet, but you're eating so many of the processed foods, you don't know how to make the others. Um, I've done some cooking classes. They're a lot more laborious, um, but I have lots of recipes on my website that I can direct people toward, and I'm happy to do you know, some of that also. But again, it's it's what I said earlier, it's one size doesn't fit all. Mm. You know, is struggling with inflammation or Crohn's or colitis is not the same as somebody who says, I just don't want to eat gluten. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very different. It's very different. Totally. It's totally different. Um, There's so many fads out there. Everybody thinks they're an expert on what they should do. But if it's a fad, odds are that's not what you should. Yeah. Fads are not sustainable. You know what? I love the piece of nutrition. And, you know, I'm thinking nutrition and mindset and everything, you know, is is nourishing. We're looking for foods that are nourishing, but we're also missing what nourishes our soul. And in a lot of ways, food can nourish our soul. And I'm going back to the blue zone where you talked about the community and communal eating and, you know, the fact that other countries spend like 40% of their money on their, on their, their, of their income on food. And we only spend like eight, you know? So what is it that nourishes us? Not just what we're eating. You're talking about how we're eating. And like you said, you know, what's the situation, you know, with a gal that is thinking of whether she wants to keep her divorce or not and eating through eating through situations, if you will, you know, how do you make sure that they're nurturing their soul along with their um, bodies? And this, you know, the coaching to me, one of the most interesting things to me about it is that um, I did change my relationship with food very much so, but I also, I healed myself physically when I was going through everything I was going through. And I went to physicians, I started developing all these strange side effects and rashes and stomach bloat and all these other things. And I was deficient in almost every vitamin that you could name. And my intestines were so stripped that I can't metabolize animal protein anymore. And so all of these things that I'd grown up doing and eating, I just couldn't do anymore. But over time, if you look at my blood work now, and I'm not on any medication, I take B12, I take vitamin D, um, but I don't take any medication. If you look at my blood work now, my protein's great, my iron's great, my calcium's great, You know, all of my levels, my vitamin C, And all of it is through food and lifestyle. It's not from, you know, over the counter things, you know, which obviously I said earlier, I've tried. Um, It's really, food can be medicine. And again, with my breast cancer alliance hat on, of course, I believe in medicine as well, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't believe that food can replace a lot of traditional medicines, but it can guide, it can help, it can heal. Um, And I think people lose sight of that. Um, mm-hmm. but it really can, and it, or it can make you sick. It can inflame you and it can cause some of the problems that you're having too. So it, it's yeah. sort of both. And, but if you know how to do it right and you have some guidance, you really can feel so much better and then therefore be so much more productive and get a book actually written or <laughs> an album or have a podcast or any of, the, any of those things. I, I love all that. I think that's really, really, it's great for people to hear that, you know, food as medicine and, um, it, because it truly is po- a powerful thing. Talk to us a little bit about your book. 
your book in your head, your book that you are going to write someday. Show it to you. So I've, it's had a lot of different iterations. Um, I had an agent who was interested many years ago, and then I panicked because originally it was about my story and a lot of what I've just shared with you and mm-hmm. um, sort of true to my nature. I thought, well, is anyone going to read this and feel guilty? Um, am I going to make anybody feel badly for telling my story? I don't want anyone to feel blame. It wasn't anything anybody did. And so I really put it away for a while. And I also wasn't sure at the time how publicly I wanted to share that story. I had a young son, you know, I just wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. So I pivoted a little bit to, um, right. I'm, it's sort of a working title, but it's, you know, like I, artichokes to Zator or avocados to Zinfandel. I don't know, you know, we're working on it, but it's <laughs> I love that. A guide to what are the foods that nourish the home chef, right? I'm not a trained chef, but I am Mm -hmm. a very good cook. And it's what should you be incorporating into your diet, whether you're a vegan, you're plant-based, you're plant slant, you're plant forward, or you just want to live a healthier life. What are what are great recipes? with, you know, all different colors of the vegetable alphabet, um, whether it's proteins, nuts, seeds, um, like I said, vegetables, fruits, how do they inform how they, like, how do they interact with your body? What, what do they bring to you? And then what are ways that you can easily prepare them? So it's a little bit of textbook without hopefully feeling like you're being lectured a little bit of, you know, here are some yummy, easy recipes for you. And then just some information. I love it. It's everything all together. Oh, I'm going to get that. Now, come on. Let's get going. <laughs> you want to finish writing it for me? I'll, I'll give you the guideline. <laughs> I would be happy. <laughs> I would be happy to share my little secret of why the book that was always right up here finally got on a piece of paper. It's funny because we know for a long time we're going to write a book, you know, as an English and psychology major in school. And I just always knew I'd write a book, but then I was in the professional world. I wasn't going to write a book then. You know, and it, and it comes out in its perfect timing, right? There really is no rushing that kind of a thing because it'll happen when it's ready to happen and all the things will come together, right? Um, but I love that because it's nourishing every piece of the whole puzzle, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I love that that's what you do. You help people nourish the whole entire person, you know, when you're looking at what's, you know, not just what you're eating, how you're eating your whole life, who are you eating it with? And what else goes into that? And what are some of the things going on in our minds? You know, and so I love that. It's a very holistic approach. It's really beautiful. Really beautiful. I'll have you write the forward. (laughs) Oh, I would love to write the forward. That's really written. So (laughs) (laughs) that's all it takes, actually. You know, the reason I I got my book is because I submitted it to um, a Hay House contest because I was in one of their writer workshop programs. And at the end, they do a contest. I was like, what a great way to make me get to write the outline and everything. And I had a professional outline and the whole thing, but having the outline and then talking about it. And I actually did a talk on it for like three years in a row before I wrote it. And everybody would run down to my booth afterwards and say, where's your book? And I was like, yeah, where is my book? And so <laughs> I'm like, it's here. Yeah. yeah, that's where mine is too. So then I knew and I, and I, it was in that moment and you'll have a moment like that too. It was in that moment where I said, that's it. Next year when I come here, I'll have my book. Okay, next year was the pandemic, so there was no <laughs> there was no natural living expo, but the next year I did have it. So that kind of a thing will happen cuz and I'll be the first one and I'll write you for it if you want me to to get your book. Great. Um but before we go, um I just want to I we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor Yanni real quick. Um <clears throat> because I want you guys to know more about this. I want you to look into it. 
And um, just imagine, I mean, imagine transforming your health. And now you know more about Yanni and what she offers, you know, and with somebody who's been there, right? You just heard her story. You know, she's been there. You know who she is and what she cares about and how she is all heart. And so, you know, she's a survivor of an eating disorder and a lot of other things that we talked about. And so she is an absolute beacon of health as a certified integrative nutritional health coach. And she's turned her struggle, you just heard her stories, into triumph with this life-changing vegan diet. And she's not saying you need to be that, but you can be many iterations of that and be healthy. And she's here to guide you. And you can see the personal touch that she gives you. She's here to guide you on your path to wellness. And I know you're ready for vibrant health because you know, you get, you just get sick of feeling sick and tired. You just, you reach, especially as women, we get to the point where like, that's it, no more. And so Yanni's here to help you and guide you. And if you're interested, she just told me that she's offering a little special here. If you DM her on her Insta page and I'll put up her link, um, I'll put it up on the show notes. Um, then she will give you a special discount. If you mention the podcast that you listen to this episode, she'll give you a special discount and you can have a consult with her and do a chat and see if it's for you and start your journey to wellness today with Yanni. Um, so you can email her at contact at yonappetite.com. That's contact at yon, Y-O-N, appetite, A-P-P-E-T-I-T.com. And do that today while you're thinking of it, while you're feeling inspired, do that today for yourself. It's a little gift for yourself. And thank you so much, Yanni, for being on. This has been incredible chatting with you here today. Such a pleasure. I'll come back anytime. Love oh, to. Awesome. You. Awesome. We're <laughs> going to have you back and we're going to be talking all more about your book and all the amazing things. You are just an incredible human. And um, I'm so glad that our mutual friend, Rachel, introduced us to each other. So thank you, Rachel. Shout out to you. And um, remember, everybody, it is never too late to live your best story. Be well. Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best-selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on Demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.